On this episode of Take Talks Business, I speak with Chris Stewart, Vice President of Top Guard Security, the Commonwealth of Virginia's largest women-owned private employer. Chris, thank you so much for joining me and joining the listeners of Take Talks Business on, on this episode. Oh, truly my pleasure. Thank you. It's uh, good to be able to catch up with you. And um, as we spoke before the podcast, um, I know Nicole is not here, but as you mentioned, um, a lot of what we're going to discuss really is, was done as a team. Um, so uh, for the listeners, just so they understand, uh, Nicole Stewart um, and yourself uh, are the two, I guess, president, vice president for Top Guard Security? Sure enough. Yes, sir. Wonderful. So can you give our listeners a little bit of your, your professional background and um, how that and Nicole's uh, connection basically came together to create what we now know as Top Guard Security? Sure. So um, the most simple premise is to keep in mind that we are that version of business people that are accidental tourists. <laughs> and um, what I mean by that is Nicole and I met in high school. Uh, okay. She was a, a junior. I was a senior. We were in two different high schools. We headed off to two different colleges, realized that was a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, came back together, both um, went to Old Dominion and did nice. that through undergraduate and graduate school. Um, in the meantime, and the accidental tourist part will make perfect sense in a little bit, in the meantime, what happened is I was poor as a church mouse. I needed to work. I put myself through school by working full-time and just coincidentally wow. it was a natural fit. Nicole's father um, owned a private security company that dated back to 1976. Oh, okay. um, she had grown up in, I think she was five when, uh, when that started, so she always talks about coloring on her father's floor and organizing projects and you know, we just do a variety of different things. Um, it was pretty obvious from a young age she was a sharp cookie and uh, so we really just kind of haphazardly were around or in the industry, but as we wrapped up our master's degrees, we um, got married, moved to Texas, and were Texas residents for three days. Oh, wow. Um, the night of the third day, my mother-in-law called, and you know when you hear in someone's voice that something has gone gravely wrong? It, it was that type of circumstance. And gotcha. so um, they were the only people besides my parents who had our phone number at the time in Texas. Oh, wow. So when the phone rang, we, you know, we knew who it had to be. Uh, I handed the. I was at the. Before it rang, I was putting the only picture we owned up. I was hammering <laughs> the, the single nail in there. And, and anybody who's married remembers back to the early days where your dining room table is as big as a you know a dinner plate. Oh yeah. And you could just see the look on Nicole's face. And what it was was her father had gone in the hospital. Mm. Um, they were predicting he had had muscular dystrophy, and so always from a mobility standpoint, it had been remarkable what he'd been able to accomplish. Um, with that prior firm, uh, but he had just passed a certain point and coincidentally uh. it happened to, to be then. So she had gone to orientation for Baylor's Accelerated Law School program oh, wow. and then the very next day we reloaded the rider truck back up that we had emptied wow. however many days before. It was still where I had parked it for goodness sake and drove immediately back because my mother-in-law's question was could you guys please come here and yeah. help me figure out what to do with this business that she wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Um, X number of years later, we looked at each other one afternoon and actually said, oh, well, I guess this is 
what we're going to do for a living. <laughs> uh, because we literally were dropped right in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. Knew enough about the industry, but just dove right into 18-hour days and then wow. we're on call the rest of the time because it's a wow. service business that, that never closes. Yeah. And uh, Malcolm Gladding wrote the um, that book about, um, oh gosh, what was it, Outliers. And it's remarkable because he references about 5,000 hours to really kind of figure out whatever industry you're in or things of that uh. sort. And almost to the day for us was when September 11th happened. And oh, wow. we were almost uniquely positioned because by then these accidental tours, Top Guard was founded in 96, um, so by then these accidental tours had every bump, bruise, battle scar, <laughs> you name it. So our yeah. PhD is in the school of hard knocks, but wow. nothing puts you in a better position to weather storms really than just plain old experience. So yeah. by then the names may have changed in circumstances, the window dressing may have been a different pattern, but it you know, we kind of saw the industry, what it was, what it needed, and what we could do as a, as really a family-owned firm and a family-run firm That's at right. that time. So. Wow. Well, and a lot of times I'll ask our uh, our guests um, kind of the chicken egg question, which is, were you an entrepreneur by spirit that had to kind of find the right product or service, um, or is it something that you had the product or service and then you had to learn to be the business owners? In Nicole's case, it sounded like she kind of grew up with it to begin with. In your case, do you feel like, regardless of what the circumstances ended up being, do you feel like you were an entrepreneur by nature or were you more of that type of person that kind of had to learn the entrepreneur portion of it um, and just knew that that was the right spot for you? So I meet people professionally all the time and I would classify my wife from an operational standpoint, from a problem solving standpoint as literally one of the top three business intellects that I've ever been blessed to come across. Wow. So she, I tell people she, she would have been a frighteningly uh, successful attorney. Um, <laughs> at the same time, Nicole, she was she's just one of those human beings that literally could have veered in a different direction and would have been a remarkable uh, cardiologist. I mean, she, yeah. she truly had the ability to go in whichever direction. So even though circumstances pulled us um, here, I, I've, she just, she sits down in a room, people start tossing out highly complex varieties of scenarios, and she just cuts through BS. <laughs> with a thermonuclear steak knife and gets right to the heart of the matter, identifies what's best for the, the individuals, in our case usually officers involved, yeah. um, and the, what the client, you know, the, there's the short term, the, the medium term, and the hardest thing to always do is the long term, and her yeah. ability to always identify that. Now I, to our credit, and this doesn't, this doesn't fit every scenario, we're both the oldest children in our families. And oh, okay. I, in the Stewart family, I was considered hyper responsible and I couldn't even approach the level of responsibility that kind of Nicole had with, yeah. you know, growing up with a father with um, health challenges and things of that sort. And, and uh, so while he was successful in business, she was, it was an awful lot of stuff that she was taking care of within yeah. the family and just learned to juggle and um, really was just the type of person that you could rely on 100% of the time. So I think. Both of us, it was a capability issue, but there yeah. is one kind of seminal moment, I think, that 
really truly reinforce for both of us that um, that the service industry and Top Guard and private security was where we were supposed to stay. Yeah. And um, so after X number of years, and this is right before September 11th, strange enough, because I think the weekend before, um, we had finally been able to go on a little bit of a vacation. Oh, and wow. so we went to Alaska, and this is hard for modern youngsters to imagine, but we were walking past a store, and this gentleman was selling this product that we had never heard of before, and we were reasonably worldly, called yeah. kettle corn. Right? <laughs> um, right. I mean, it's a, it's a con nowadays, uh -huh. right? I mean, kettle corn. Which version of it do you want? Exactly. Um, and we bought a bag of it. Got halfway back to the cruise ship, turned back around. Oh, you know, and at that, when, when you're at the end of a day after cruise tours, you're you're looking at your watch because yeah. you understand that the captain has thousands of other people he's going to pull off yep. of the the pier to take care of and get to their next destination. So we ran back, bought some more, and couldn't believe how good this stuff was. So wow. um, what is a remarkably inexplicable circumstance in our lives, we bought a kettle machine, which is a humongous, humongous cast iron. <laughs> um, and there's two people who've never had time to learn how to cook. So uh, perfecting the recipe, Jody Wagner, wow. of course, with Jody's popcorn, yes. can tell you just how much fun um, perfecting something like that is. So, so we just, we eventually learned, you know, how to make it. None of our friends wanted any more corn. By the time we had gotten <laughs> it, they're like, no, thank you. Don't come over. Don't leave anything on our porch. Yeah. So we, we did a Bay Days weekend that, you know, the 2001 oh, yeah. first weekend of September or second, and um, spent Lord knows how many hours selling popcorn wow. and water, uh, calculated everything at the end of it all, and realized that becoming kettle corn magnates was not in our future, <laughs> that, the, that the hours to profit ratio. So honest to goodness, I can think back to, to that Monday morning going into work, and it really was kind of a, a part of um, concluding that, okay, this really is what we're gonna do, and boy, is it yeah. a lot better than many of the other circumstances That's out great. There. So we, we, we've never been tempted by, uh, and there are people that do, you know, make a, yeah. a fine living doing, um, you know, things along those lines, yep. but it, gracious, it, it hammered a, a point to us. And then in all frankness, September 11th happened almost immediately thereafter, yeah. and um, it, it was off to the races. I mean, that started one of the phases of growth that we've gone through wow. over 25 years that just, there, there wasn't an extra moment. If you, if you were showering, eating, or sleeping, you weren't doing, you know, the, yeah. the men, you weren't taking care of something that the, um, the ringing phone and the client needs and other circumstances yeah. was calling for. Wow. So. Well, and along those same lines, um, just to make sure that those who are listening, I mean, it sounds obvious by the name Top Guard Security, but can you provide an overview of, of the services you do provide to your clientele? Um, and has that changed over the years as you've adapted to, to the environment, to the region? Sure. So it's changed almost not at all. Really? Okay. In, in the sense that we are a singular service, slight variations to that service, but really a singular service provider. So I, I always joke with people and anybody's ever met me 
and had this conversation. And I, was, I mean, it's kind of word for word what I say. Whatever their job is, I would say, oh, if you're a stockbroker, you know, Indian chief, or you know, lawyer, you're way up on the gra glamour scale. Whereas um, the line of work that I'm in is down with Rotor Rooter and janitorial <laughs> companies. Um, there's just, I, I've never met somebody in all the settings I've been in that said, oh, I've always wanted to learn more about a regional family-owned private security firm. It, it's an industry that frankly, besides the people who are in it mm -hmm. or who manage or procure it, really don't pay any mind because it, it's like your light switch. You, you flick it on and it yeah. works. In yeah. our case, we're the people who, when a building is emptying out, or someone's having their ID card checked. We're just—it's a very functionary role. It's an important role. It's grown substantially, um, just in a variety of different needs. Yeah. Um, but the the service offering really is unarmed or armed security officers. Occasionally, that's in a motor vehicle, depending on the circumstances. Occasionally, it's on a college campus or um, government property. As often as not, it's in a commercial setting. Um, we have, and this you know, took us three or four or five years to, to look at each other one day and say, you know, there, and here's a prime example. So there's the 80-20 rule, which someone yep. with an MBA who didn't get tossed into the deep end may have studied and kind of gone into their situations evaluating. We looked at each other and said, boy, X, Y, and Z are just sucking up so much time. Uh. It's just remarkable. And it wasn't until after we had written a few, thank you so much for the opportunity, but we're, we're going to give notice to you, yeah. um, which uh, the trouble with the word no is that it's, the, it's one of the most underappreciated aspects of, of a business because until you realize that no can be so incredibly beneficial because it lets you target what you do, it lets you use your acquired wisdom to say, you know, that's not the best part of our work. And there are things you yeah. take early on that, you know, later on as you specialize. Um, but, but truly, the 80-20 rule is, is something that we live by but came to just being battered, bruised, <laughs> and, and otherwise surviving and realizing that, okay, there's good stuff and there's not so good stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and it's a great lesson learned. And, and along that line, were there any particular successes that, that you and Nicole are particularly proud of, um, especially over that 25-year period? I mean, just the... The simple fact of, of celebrating 25 years, I think, for a, for a small, privately owned company um, is something to celebrate unto itself, but is there anything else that really sticks out in your mind over the years that you really are proud of? Well, when our accountant looked at us at about year 22 or 23 and said, do you guys realize you've grown both in revenue and employees? every single year. It, it really was accidental. Wow. Um, and when I say accidental, all I mean is what we, what we really did, and try this on for highly complex, right, compared to some of the things people build or manage, we answered the phone, we figured out whether it was something we could do well yeah. or shouldn't do, and then if we accepted it, we, we did it just like two hyper-responsible oldest children would. You just, <laughs> you, you take pride, at least we did, in the in the fact that people chose us yeah. and our industry, I, I'll be frank with you, in the in the early days, there was something called the Virginia Security Association, and it's okay. why I highly recommend to anyone in whatever industry they're in to both go to their industry's professional association yeah. meetings as well as kind of where their clients are. But 
I can remember sitting around the table. These were not the world's most sophisticated people, but boy, did they know a heck of a lot. They had bushels full of wisdom about our industry. And I would just sit and listen. And some of the stories were you know, just hysterical, the, the crazy things. But also, there was always that nugget of wisdom that was there. And you could yeah. always turn to them and say, quick question, how, um, how have you ever addressed this? Or if this came up, what did you do? And it yeah. was just a remarkable sounding board for things. And these were barbecue meetings or would kind of, you know would have a come a person come speak about you know VHS tape security training I mean so, yeah. you know again it just when I think back to the the way the industry changed now in current so none of that exists anymore and the reason it doesn't oh, exist yeah. is we as a family-owned regional business are probably one of about 25 maybe slightly over 30 nationwide that still wow. exists. Most of them are a little bit larger than us. Yeah. Um, so they're 2,000, 2,500 to 5,000, and they're usually okay. two or three states. We're pretty much Commonwealth of Virginia and the eastern portion of it, kind of from okay. Richmond over. And that's because that's where our, the population is in yeah. the state. Uh, but the people we compete with are at a minimum super regional. They're kind of Maine to Florida, oh. or they're national, or they're international. Yeah. Um, I use, even bids that we weren't going to participate in, I would still go because they were my brethren. They were the people yeah. that I was kind of checking in with. And, and you could get all kinds of interesting tidbits and what happened here and what, <laughs> what occurred over there. Um, and frankly, you go now and it's a new face representing uh -huh. it because those, their business models just seem to churn people in a different gotcha. way. Than yeah. before, so I, I feel blessed to, to be able to straddle kind of the old days where yeah. you know there'd be a person, twelve employees, you know, he'd walk around. He's got the sheriff's belt on and kind of that uniform <laughs> and all kinds of bling and the big company car. Um, they were characters, but they had they had lived the industry and picked yeah. up that that wisdom. And, and it's so I you know I kind of wax longingly about it because it was yeah. a, it was a wonderful time in the industry, but. Um, now, like I say, our competition, uh, you flip open their bids and on yeah. the inside page, it's the three huge international pools of money uh, that own them and yeah. um, it helps clearly differentiate us. So the yeah. great news is that even before we go meet a prospective client, it doesn't take long if they're not familiar yet to kind of figure out that there's only a couple versions of who yeah. you can hire in the industry and if we're what they're looking for. If they want people who um, have specifically embedded themselves in their community and given back and have sought to, to kind of um, really strive for a certain level of integrity and a certain level of commitment that people that choose to you know, kind of work with them as vendors uh, can feel an obligation towards and or as employees. Yeah. You know, nobody's perfect, but so much of life is elbow grease. And you, you can't fake effort. You can't fake caring. It, yep. you, know, you either do or you don't. And, yeah. um, we're proud of not having 19-digit employee numbers for people, <laughs> and, and, and it works for us. Yeah. Right? So that so if we have a single differentiator, it's that a we survived yeah. the industry, and um, b because we still have a ridiculously young family. We, we were together 18 years before we started having children, and then wow. had five. Uh, so, <laughs> so our youngest is nine, and she's in third grade. So when people say everybody's been bought out in your industry, why aren't you guys for sale? I'm like what? We still have a third grader, yeah. you know, I mean, gracious, we, we've got a long horizon with, wow. um, we just can't picture sitting around a breakfast table saying, you guys go make yourself productive members of society, we're in semi-retirement. Yeah. So. yeah, wow. Well, and you talk about being ingrained in the community, and 
to your credit and to the credit of Nicole, um, one of the reasons I was familiar with you even well before coming to the chamber was your involvement within the community and Nicole's involvement in the community. And, and I don't even have enough time to, to talk through the accolades and the, and the number of times you've been recognized for that. Um, and, and we as a business community are grateful for what the two of you have done to support the community and get involved. But can you talk a little bit about where, where did that come from? Was for the two of you, was that just innately built into who you were as, as professionals? Um, was it something that you felt was necessary to help grow your business or was it a combination of both? I hate to use the word accidental again yeah. and then to stumble right into the word, you know, differentiator. Yeah. Um, the, the God's honest truth is that we were two punch drunk people working those 18 hour days I had referenced and I had to pick up a file, just a simple legal file, I, a wonderful regional gentleman who, gosh, is just emblematic of what Hampton Roads represents, a gentleman named Gene Jordan, and his father oh, yeah. was an attorney by the same name. Um, Mr. Jordan, well, it's hard for me to call him Gene, just because <laughs> of the degree of respect, he was getting ready to move into a new creation of Old Point, Old Point Trust, and so they were mm. closing down his, um, that practice, and my father-in-law just said, hey, could you, um, could you swing by and grab a, a file? And, um, and I stopped in the office, and um, I had picked up the file, said thank you. I was walking out the door, and I paused, and Gene Jordan said, was there anything else? And I said, sir, do you have a, just a brief moment? And he said, sure, sit down. And so I sat down, and he said, how can I help you? I said, well, what would someone do who's not originally from here, yeah. but fell in love with a Virginian, was educated and then literally has been dropped into three full-time jobs but senses that there's other things they should be doing and, yeah. and this was it all happened at the right timing is I mean God just works in, in mysterious <laughs> ways so so we were just beginning to add one or two or three people to the top guard office okay we just being able to slow down and Gene Jordan took out a business card and he wrote 6.30 on the back of it. And he said, young man, you join me at Crown Plaza any Thursday night that you can. Wow. And um, I hope to see you. Now, we've all been in situations where you get that little tidbit or that piece of advice yeah. and nothing comes of it. In fact, it was at least two weeks before I went. And um, lo and behold, one night I turned to my wife and said, I have no idea where I'm going <laughs> or any idea what I'm getting into. But I, I, I have no excuse not to. And so yeah. I you know, dressed as nice as I knew how to do at the time and um, went to the Crown Plaza and walked into a meeting where I had absolutely no reason to be. It was wow. the Hampton Rotary Club. Oh, wow. So many things germinated out of walking into that meeting. So six months after going to these meetings. Now, now here's what I would do. Picture this. Yeah. Picture um, a young, very young person still going home hopping onto his couch with his wife, cracking open a bottle of root beer, and just saying, you're not gonna believe it. I just sat tonight with the city <laughs> attorney and the owner of Hampton Chevrolet, and they talked to me, and they, you know, they were curious, and we just, you know, just listening to the conversation yeah. was so remarkable. Well, six months later, um, they have a, a membership meeting, 
and they say, stand up if you're not a member. So I stood up and half the room yelled, Stuart, sit down. And um, I kept standing and someone said, he can't sit down, he's not a member. And they, what do you mean he's not a member? And they proceeded to have an argument. Wow. And then they asked me, they said, Stuart, are you a member? I said, I apologize, but no one's ever explained to me how to become a member. <laughs> and so Gene Jordan yells out, it's one of the funniest things, I'll take wow. this to my grave. He yells out, well, let's make him a member because I've had to pay for his dinner for six months. <laughs> um, now from there, I literally ended up as a young Hampton, I was 20 years, minimum, everybody's junior in there. Wow. I ended up being put on nonprofit boards because yeah. people were saying, hey, here's a, an involved young person. Frankly, getting elected to city council came from both knowing uh, Mr. Joe Spencer there and attending the same church and him saying, listen, wow. I, I'm going to step away, but I, I needed to identify a young business person to consider running. And so the community stuff, the moment you start doing it, you start yeah. realizing that there's very few things that feel more wonderful than giving back, like yeah. watching your children play in intramural sports and things. And um, I'm so grateful it happened like it did because it, it created, it separated us from anybody else in our industry because yeah. everybody else is from somewhere else. Even if they're uh, here for a year or two, they're moving on to the Jacksonville. Which, so gotcha. I feel calls all, to me, karma, Right? It, yeah. It's just the Lord working in a, in a remarkable way. Karma is just a fantastic thing if you treat people well. Yeah. And so anytime anybody calls me, I, I try to send them off to somewhere where they can be helped if it's not something we can do. Yeah. And it's just a benefit. You do the same thing in an area consistently in a trustworthy fashion for wow. eons. And um, so it's the second thing I mentioned to young people. It just they're very. There's no negatives to getting involved. Just yeah. get out there and become. It doesn't fit every industry. Yeah. Um, all the leadership programs that we do. I have a dear friend who um, sells products to all the restaurants around the nation. And he was asking uh -huh. me, he's telling me about these leadership programs. And I, I asked him how important our region was. He says, I fly out of our region to do business. Oh, and wow. uh, his first name's Owen. I said, Owen. You'll know when you want to have a bigger footprint here. I said, yeah. but, but when you're when you're flying out to make a sale, there's just no reason to, to do that right yeah. now. So yeah. so it has to fit the situation. But my goodness, it, it's been I, you meet so many wonderful people and you yeah. get to make a difference. And um, it it does open doors sometimes yeah. that you don't even know until later. People say, oh yeah, such and so on led to led to our meeting today. Things of that sort. Absolutely, so. it, and it is amazing how, as you said, if it doesn't happen now. It, it, the number of years down the road, just out of the blue, that something like that will come up, and, and it really does sometimes catch you off guard, but it is a wonderful thing. Well, speaking about the future, 25 years in now, um, as you said, you still have relatively young children. So what do you see as the future of Top Guard? Well, it's interesting you would say that because I spent this weekend listening to everything that I could about the current state of our economy. And gotcha. so this part of the recording may not be highly pertinent in three months or six months or a year, yeah. but I can tell you that um, my contemplative dad taxi moments, you know, <laughs> hauling you know, children and you know, to sleepovers and bush gardens and oh, things yeah. of that sort, really involved what those, fa we're in a people business at yeah. a time where X, you know, 4.3 or 4.5 million people evaporated in terms of their interest in, in serving in, uh, in the economy at all actively yeah. as employees. And you know, those ramifications are substantive 
in every industry and certainly in the service. Hadn't stopped demand at all, it's just major yep. supply issues. So, exactly. um, so while we're not vessels parked outside the, the San Diego ports or Los Angeles, it's, you know, those are strong effects. And so I, I've spent an awful lot of time just the last couple of days thinking, okay, what, what do we have to do differently? How can we do differently? And the, the quintessential example is when McDonald's has employee issues, what, what do they start doing? They start looking at technology like instead of a person filling a cup, yeah. Uh, with the drinks, the individual places the order, and all of a sudden there's this revolving. It, it doesn't translate as readily to yeah. what we do, but we have to get very creative because the business model that for 45 years, dating back to 76 when my father-in-law had founded his firm, um, to now has worked. But yeah. no one can predict how long these staffing issues are going to occur yeah. and whether we don't need to delve into to some other aspects of our industry such as how to use technology in a way that covers multiple positions and yeah. things of that sort. Yeah, so. wow. So before we wrap up, I just want to make sure that if someone is looking to partner with you, um, how do they connect with you? How do they find Top Guard Security? So I'd like to think, based on your earlier comments, that I'm one of the easiest people to find <laughs> in Hampton Roads because um, it, odds are if it's a, a, a meaningful luncheon, right, especially chamber things, and yep. dear Lord, talk about a connective tissue of the business community. We haven't specifically spoken to it, but I've been blessed yeah. to chair Lord knows how many different um, committees, and, and, and yeah. they all exist for a very distinct purpose, and it's yeah. remarkable what they accomplish. Um, and so you can certainly find me at topguardinc.com if you don't already have me in your phone. Or, Perfect. Uh, and odds are you can ask a friend and they, they have either my phone number or email. And that's not a, a pride issue, it's just that you try to serve your community in so yeah. many ways and, and eventually be a resource for people. And that, it's just, you know, the dividends come in droves when you don't have an ulterior motive behind it, except just yeah. it's amazing how helping people produces positive things. So it's Absolutely. very fruitful. Wonderful. So. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, to talk to our listeners. Um, congratulations to you and Nicole on 25 successful years. And uh, here's to 25 successful more. So well, thank you kindly. Absolutely. And thank you to the listeners at Take Talks Business. We'll catch you on the next episode.